This season of Keep Calm and Carry On is sponsored by Act London, the premium natural deodorant balm for all genders. Hello and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. How are you guys doing out there? Oh, spring is in the air, I can sense it. The hay fever is here, so I know spring is coming. (laughs) And it's nearly Easter. I love Easter. I mean, there's nothing like just having chocolate Easter eggs in your fridge and then getting them out and then smashing the eggs and eating that crisp chocolate. I just love it. I'm such a chocoholic, but it's not good for the waistline. Anyway, um, a huge thank you to our sponsors who have joined us this season. Lovely Act London is a amazing new deodorant balm for all genders honestly it smells amazing i promise you i'm a new convert i used to just use all the spray deodorants and i've used them for years and years and years and then i got introduced to this new uh product by by act and it's just brilliant it's plastic free it feels lovely on your skin and it's also created by two west end performers and they tested it out on some of uh the the West End itself and it's just thriving as a product and I'm a new lover of it I promise you it's wonderful and we do have a special discount code which I'll tell you lots about later on in the show so check that out but they're absolutely brilliant at London so today well I have a very exciting guest. We've gone across the pond today and this lady first came into my mind when I saw her on a YouTube channel um, on a show called Breaking Down the Riffs, which is a, a program or a show that she created. And what she could do with her voice was unreal. She's done a bunch of Broadway shows um, and musicals and her own concerts, of course, but she is an absolutely incredible vocal coach. And I know you're gonna love her. She's absolutely amazing. So just wait for this one. It's the gorgeous Natalie Wise. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I'm so excited to finally get to chat to you. I mean, I've watched endless videos of you and I think we may have talked very briefly over social media, but it's so lovely to finally get you one-to-one to to chat and uh, and hear all your stories. So thank you for coming on my show. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm pretty sure I saw you as Alphaba in like 2000. (gasps) No way. 12? When would that have been? Yeah, um... Uh, well, I did it twice. I did the first time was like 2007 to 2009. So it was Broadway. the second time. Second time, I think. And then in London, I came back in like 2014, I think. Oh, yes. Wow. And well, I told my friend, I was, what'd you say? On. No, Sorry. go on, go on. <laughs> my friend, I said I was doing a podcast with Carrie Ellis and he was like, oh my God, I'm her biggest fan. I'm obsessed with her, someone else's story. Ah. Oh, <laughs> that's so yeah, yeah. You know what? It's funny when you do those small jobs that, like, I mean, that was we did it for one night, or or we did two shows at, at the uh, um, the Albert Hall, and it's amazing what hits and what lands yes. for people and what people remember. But but I want to talk about you and your oh, okay. amazing, you know, life and 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 how, I mean, how's your lockdown been? First, I mean, it's been a bit. Chaotic um, I mean, over it's here. been. I've been fine. I've been pretty much thriving, except for um, you know the world ending, but everything um, in my <laughs> world has been crazier than ever. So I'm really grateful for that because, you know, I didn't have to pivot 20, you know, like a lot of people were like completely pivoting. Mm. Also my shower is running because my cleaning guy is here. So I'm really sorry if this comes <laughs> through the recording. <laughs> I love that. My, my yeah, shower see, guy. My cleaning guy is here. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So for, yeah, I mean, because I, I, you do a lot of uh, a lot a lot of training. I mean, have you completely gone online then, or have you just? Yeah, you you, you coach Everything's lots, online. obviously. Yeah, and I, I was doing Zoom coachings very rarely. I didn't really prefer it. I was like, I prefer in person. But now I'm like, mm. I'm never teaching in person again. <laughs> really? You're probably like the first person to say that to me because everyone's like, I want to get off Zoom. I want to get back in the room. I can't. Oh, of course. I mean, of course I want to get in the room. But I think like a little bit of, not social anxiety, but like, I don't know, we can get into this. But like when I have people come, you know, I have such a variety of of students that are, mm. hi, I'm from Amsterdam and all I want is a lesson from you one time. Yeah. And the pressure of that yes. is like they come to my, now it's not in my bedroom. I like, you know, spread to the next room, but <laughs> the pressure is like, and I get so nervous. So yes, I'm nervous meeting people on Zoom, but it's a mm. little easier than like, in person having that pressure of like, yeah. I came to New York for this. Yes. Now it's like, oh, okay. You know, I'm getting a lot of people like observing classes from mm -hmm. Russia where I mm. never would have had that if it was a non-pandemic situation. It's definitely, it has opened up a lot of doors. I mean, it, I, I don't know if it's going to continue, but I mean, the first time when we were relaxed a little bit and uh, we were doing socially distanced performance, but suddenly you were streaming it as well, which mm -hmm. suddenly you you can perform to people worldwide, whereas we couldn't do that before. We were just, like you say, people flew in to see you or, or you flew, you were on tour and you might visit someone's hometown, but it was rare. Whereas now they can be in on the action, which I think is kind of a bit forward thinking. And maybe that's something that we will hold on to because we are reaching, well, even like today, you know, I perhaps if I was doing this in person, you know, you wouldn't be flying in just to do my podcast if I was in New York, maybe, but. And so many podcasts up. are happening now mm, because yeah. of this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, it is good. There's there's a lot of pluses <laughs> to the craziness of it. I know, I know. Um, but I wanna I wanna pick your brains about early, early kind of inspiration for you. How did, how did singing get into your life? What where did it start for you? For me, um, it started because my parents, like my dad, loves Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen, so he would play all of those records. And none of my family was in musical theater at all. Like I'm literally the first performer. But definitely, pop music was really huge for us. Um, mm -hmm. They took me to like a Madonna concert at age five. I went to <gasps> Janet Jackson at age wow. nine, like really early. Um, a lot of people's first concerts, like my friends, are like my first concert was in sync, and I'm like, well, mine was like Madonna mm. inappropriate blonde ambition tour, you know? <laughs> um, How amazing though. That's, yeah. That's a proper introduction. <laughs> yeah. And like I, my parents tell me like when I was like two or something, I would recognize a Billy Joel song, like little musical ability. And they mm -hmm. put me in classical piano pretty early. So I definitely was a piano player first. And then mm -hmm. when I did the talent show, I was playing the piano. And then like one day, like I could sing, but not well. Like I'm, I, you know, like a lot of people, like I had, nodules when I was younger I would wow. scream I literally had nodules twice I was wow. the child who would scream so like I had like ah uh, like just air my whole life I didn't know how to sing like seriously so like growing up I was screaming like I was very bossy so I was like get out of my way <laughs> just so aggressive <laughs> nothing's changed um and so I basically you know started you know, just screaming and imitating the bodyguard and, and Mariah. Mm -hmm. Like Whitney and Mariah were huge for me back then. And then I saw Les Mis at when I was seven and I saw Phantom. 
but I didn't really understand what was going on. I was like, where's mm. on my own? Like, that's the only thing I cared about, you know? <laughs> so that was like the early stages mm. for me. And then, and then, then what happened? I mean, because was it a, a progression into, did you want to be on stage? Was that something that you were kind of going towards and then, you know, yeah. took a bit of a, of a gear change or but yeah. how did how what happened i'm interested in your story i'm like i know what's, <laughs> what's going on with this girl um okay so i would say like i did um the choir and i did band in like elementary school and my mm-hmm. my band teacher and choir teacher like took me under his wing and he was like you're special and so he like made me play four instruments but then wow. in return i was bullied for being instrument girl and like I don't mean throwing eggs at me but like you know I was very very awkward looking and very uncomfortable in my skin really until honestly college um Mm. so I was made every time I would have a solo on every instrument and I would be like please don't give me a solo please yeah don't expose me yeah so um you know very awkward middle school was really bad but like fourth through sixth grade I was featured on the solos but my my stage presence was like horrendous like I would sing all of you know in the talent show in fifth grade I remember singing Whitney Houston I uh greatest love of all and all of a sudden like I had vibrato and could riff it was just like from 10 to 11 I was like screaming no vibrato like no idea Mm -hmm. you know pitch ish Mm -hmm. And then I would be like, I believe the children are future. And then my parents were like, what? You know, it was like, it was there. You know, it's it's developed. But like, Mm -hmm. it used to be just like, listen. And then be like, like no tone. Just like Mm -hmm. imitate. Um, So then I did the choir and I had a couple solos. But like, I would just be like dead eyes because I was so embarrassed. You know, I was like, I guess I want to be on stage. I don't want to be a neurosurgeon. But I also was into sports. So I was Mm -hmm. like able to do a bunch of things um and then I went to a performing arts high school half a day so I did the musicals at my home school um studied acting at the other school but you know took voice lessons yeah like you know ish um yeah and then we also took dance so I was like singing dancing acting and then I was like I guess I'll go to school for musical theater because you can't go to school for pop stardom like I remember thinking (laughs) like I wanted to be a pop star that was it like oh god I don't at all you know like this like your dreams kind of change yeah so I definitely applied to a bunch of schools being like music, music ed, because I wasn't teaching at all in high school, obviously, but I played piano. So I was the person my friends would come to to accompany them. To play, So that's yes. kind of how it started. You know, we would harmonize at my house and then we would make up arrangements. And then for my senior year, I, the like the two songs I've ever written, I like... We did it as the final, like, goodbye. And so I was playing the piano. And then I moved off the piano and my teacher came in. And then I had the solo. It was, like, my song. So it was, like, a big, like, featuring the thing I had created. And then that mm-hmm. was, like, the alma mater for, like, you know, the goodbye. Um, So I felt like I was, like, dabbling in things. And, like, yeah. not overachiever, but just, like, as I am now, like, 87 multitasking things. You know, just, like, <laughs> always doing 87 things, never bored. Or try not to be. So... I chose musical theater because I just felt like theater people were my people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in cool in school, I got to, again, you know, arrange with my friends or go into a practice room and and play Jason Robert Brown tunes. You know? <laughs> and did you so, love that? Was that was that kind of, you know, like hitting a button for you? Was that was Yeah, that I think like definitely like my friends trusted my opinion to be like, was that pitchy? Like I remember in high school being like, oh my God, like how did I do? Was it pitchy? 
because they yeah, like trusted yeah, yeah. my musicality. Yeah. Um, so like that's how I dabbled in it. And like I guess I would be like fulfilled without realizing like um I was meant to be teaching. You know, like it wasn't it was just yes. like, oh, that's like a side thing I do, you know? But it definitely yeah. was like performing, performing. And then you know, when you go to BFA school, you learn about singing, dancing, and acting, but you don't learn about the business. Like, no. I didn't know what I was going, you know. So I ended up getting my equity card um, my junior year <laughs> of college from going to one of the open calls for, like, Pittsburgh CLO, which was, like, the huge summer stock. And that summer, it was my first professional job. And as you know, the first professional job, you're like, eh, and then, like, you know everyone at every job. And it's annoying to be yes. like – Oh my God, you know, Carrie, I did this show on her. And you're like, yeah, all right, stop yeah. with the name drop. But the the network just increases. And my it parents does. are always like, okay, you have like a thousand like acquaintances. Can you like keep them? Like, who are your friends? And I'm like, no, no, they're just, I met them last year. And like, then I introduced them to my friend from this show. You know, yeah, the network yeah. just like increases, you know? It's huge. Yeah, you have lots of friends. Well, you're right. You have lots of friends and, and you have to become friends with everybody because you're you're thrown together. You have to then be creative. You have to trust each other. So you do have lots of friends, but then probably in your... You have I a tight have, circle, lots of acquaintances and some that's good friends. It. Yeah. So then did you, did you then want to follow a performance? Uh, right. So then I graduated, auditioned like everyone else, like auditioned, like just pounded the pavement, but like, tr- um, what's the word? Commuted from home because I lived an hour away, my parents. So right. I wasn't like, and now I'm from Kansas with two backpacks, you know, <laughs> so or two suitcases. So for me, it wasn't like I'm moving to New York. I was like, yeah. oh, I can save money. I can stay on people's couches yeah, yeah. and just go to a bunch of auditions. Um, at the time... Okay, so I was a senior in college. I'm such a firm believer in if I had never done this, I would not be where I am today. Mm-hmm. And that is like, okay, so like, do you know the movie or the musical If Then, but the movie Sliding Doors? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's how I feel so often. And I'm so, I'm happy with where I am. There's mm-hmm. so many things in life. Like, for example, like American Idol, when I got cut from American Idol, I took a week off of school. I was so devastated. Like, crying in a corner, wanted to be in a hole, my dreams are crushed. And I'm like, I want to be a vocal coach on American Idol. I don't care about being on any of those shows. Like at all. That's now. But if I had made it on American Idol, I would maybe never have had any YouTube presence, which also happened by accident because I stayed in school. But, But previous to that, I was about to go to the University of Miami and I was like, I'm going to Penn State. And then like I chose the cold weather. Like for whatever reason, if I had gone to Miami, the video of me from senior year of high of college that was a mistake would not have gone viral. And then mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. And every single thing led me to the next thing in an accidental way. So yes, a lot of the stuff I've done has been taking the bull by the horns and like being creative and being having an awesome community, but so much happened by accident, like a mm-hmm. really happy accident. Um, and it's so atypically unique. So when I give advice to like, what's your advice for going viral on the internet? And I'm like, (laughs) ask the person who filmed my video at the director's house and then it got like views. You know what I mean? I didn't even know what YouTube was in 2006. Yeah. So that was a huge pivotal point for me. Yeah. Um, So, so how did, I mean, that wasn't, that that wasn't the breaking down the rifts thing that you've that, that you've wasn't d- the breaking down the rifts yet so this was a this was a a thing that happened that so tell us about it T- yeah, tell us so about it 
Basically, I was singing a dream girl song, which was totally inappropriate. And I, I did this whole arrangement of like singing it like an opera star and then belting the end and then singing the last note <laughs> off key, which is on brand, singing off key all the time. So basically, my Which is very like, difficult to do, by the way. Did you yeah. make that sound so like flippant? I know. That's incredibly like, hard. My humor is like, <laughs> my humor is like, what, what's funny? And then yeah. I get like comments that are like, is something wrong with you? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so and I've been doing that for like since eighth grade. I can't even like. Yeah. Um, so I did this video. This freshman put it on the Internet on YouTube when YouTube was just starting with like mm. the musical theater college programs like the University of Michigan had a bunch mm-hmm. of videos. And it was like, whoa, this is like revolutionary. Mm. So then the Dreamgirls movie was coming out. And then the next day I had Facebook friend requests and I was like. I remember writing, who is this to everybody who friend requested me? Like, who is this smiley face? And then I was like, I just stopped doing that because it was happening so much. Yeah, yeah. So then I graduated, auditioned, uh, did a little reading, blah, blah, blah. And then um, 2008, like the Scott Allen concert was happening and he looked me up on the internet, but we had talked on direct message or something like Facebook Mm -hmm. Messenger. So he asked me to sub in for Katie Thompson. No. Carly Gibson, then the big thing was that Eden Espinosa was also sick. So then he was like, can you also learn I'm a star? And I, I was like, this is my moment. So, you know, I learned it in 24 hours and uh, my voice, uh, it was much easier to sing really high years ago, 13 years ago. Oh, So, woo. Um, so did that concert and I was like, this is my moment. And so, you know, that was like the beginning of my New York thing. But at that time, all of the new musical theater writers were coming out, you mm-hmm. know, um, it was the era of all of the new musical theater composers and new musical theater writing. And yeah, they yeah. had seen the video or they had heard my name and I just moved here. So I was a fresh face. So at that time I was asked to do so many recordings. And at the time I was like, say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. You have no rate. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. like, this is what it is. It's all experience. Yeah. And so it was like, say yes to everything. You know, now it's like, say yes to the things you really want to do and That's, say, yeah, this is my rate or I don't want to do it. You know, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So then that happened at the same time. And so I was, it's really crazy that a lot of, let's say, students that I work with, they're singing the songs that they learned from me, where I grew up learning the songs from like Whitney and Mariah, and mm. they're singing the things I did. And it's just like very full circle and weird. Yeah. So then, um, you know, I do some shows, national tours, fast forward. I did Wicked for like a very short time. Um, yeah. It was an injury replacement. It was like a very atypical sort of uh, gig. And then I did Everyday Rapture on Broadway. Again, short-lived because it was a three-month run. Super fun. I ended up going on. And then I, at the time, you know, I had two, maybe two agents drop me and they'd be like, I'm quitting. And then at the time that when I graduated, I was like, well, I don't need a restaurant job. I can coach four people. You know, Mm -hmm. I have no students. It was like, you're on the internet. You can belt. You must be able to teach me. And that's really not the case. Luckily, I had a knack for teaching, Mm -hmm. I was told. So I was like, okay. And that's like totally cultivated. I've learned so much just by teaching, about teaching, about, you know what I mean? Yeah. By doing. So teaching by doing, totally. Um, So then... This is where I'm on tour. I'm on the tour. No, I decide I'm quitting the business as everyone does every five seconds. And then I'm like, I guess I'll get in a, <laughs> I guess I'll get in a musical theater class and like work on material. And then I booked a Broadway show without an agent. And then I booked the lamest tour without an agent. And I was like, wow. yeah, can I curse on this? 
Yeah, of course you can. Oh, I was like, well, <laughs> fuck that. I can do it on my own. So that happened. I got I auditioned to be the understudy of Fontaine and then booked the swing for all the ensemble parts. And I was like, wow. the swing? I don't want to fucking – like, I was mm. like, I didn't audition that's a, for this. that's a big job, you know. It's a big job. Learn and, all that stuff. And-, and I was 25. I mean, it was – wait. Oh, my God. It was 10 years ago. It was about – I was about 25. So I was like – Six months, I'll get a paycheck. I really, right? And then I ended up writing it out for the entire tour. Two and a half years, the most money yeah, I've ever made. Yeah, All yeah. my friends were poor in New York. And I'm like, I'm never leaving. Um, we Did it give this- you the buzz though? I mean, did you, did you, I, you know, yeah. f- from growing up singing and like you say, singing Mariah and Whitney when you were a kid. And did, then when you got on the stage, I mean, did it, what did you get that buzz or was it so, or did you always feel that this just there's something else yeah i gotta be honest and that's something that i like realize from time to time i treated lame is like the most money i've ever made the most secure job i've ever had and i showed up but it was like my third job like i was and i ended up teaching across the country and i was so fulfilled by that and like mm-hmm. at the time my Beyonce's Halo had just come out in 2012. And my friend was like, how many notes are in this riff? I can't sing it. And I was like, let me listen. So I listened and it w- and I was like, okay, there are seven notes. Try tilting your head on the fifth note. And if you, it's like a scale, but not. And she was like, and then she, she was did like, it. whoa. She was like, whoa. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't revolutionary, but those are my tips. So yeah, yeah. I had a lot of offstage time. So at the time I was like crafting all, I was going to do one video with a bunch of riffs on my mm-hmm. photo What's this thing called on the computer? Photo, photo booth. Oh, photo booth. Yeah. Like literally like, (laughs) hi, it's Natalie. I'm here with some riffs. Like that was the idea. So then I was like, all right, let me just do like one video. So then I start with Halo and I cast the person as somebody who is a very good singer, but not like an extraordinary riffer, but definitely Mm -hmm. not tone deaf. It had to be like a middle of the road. So it was like attainable. And then she ended up landing it. And then, you know, it built from there. It was like, then there was like a, like a mini theme song and then a graphic. And at the time I had um, another swing friend who was an amazing videographer and editor. And I didn't know how to video edit back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because 37 million hours a day is what I do as video edit now. Yeah. And I'm like still very amateur, but I nonstop video yeah, edit. It's yeah. part of my life. So that started and I was so grateful because the product was so good. Like mm-hmm. the, the video quality. So then I was like, okay, 35 episodes later, again, mistake, <laughs> did this thing where then it was becoming a thing with like lingo and stuff. And so I got it trademarked like 10 years ago, however many years ago, and then um, continued and then left the tour, moved here and was like, okay, so then I, there was a business pivot that happened three years ago because I had students, I would have people email or direct message like, hi, I'm from Russia and I'm coming mm-hmm. in for one week. I'd love a lesson. Great. Here you go. I had no application process. I had yeah. no, no screening at all. And then what happened was I was coaching, a not even coaching a guy. I was coaching a guy, but the, he was so amazing that I was like, I'm filming you. Can I film you? Mm-hmm. So I filmed him. And then I was like, I wasn't even giving him feedback. It was like a minute video and everyone loved it. And they were like, post more. So then I like gave feedback more. And then they were, I'm going to say viral. It's never viral. My vi- videos are viral in the musical theater community. It's not like 5 billion <laughs> views. You know, I can barely hit a million. But 
it was mm-hmm. going kind of viral. And I was like, well, let's give the people still what they want. That's pretty big though. I mean, it's still Yeah. Like- <laughs> so then I was posting these things and then they were just like, oh my God, my hard drive is so full. I have all these coaching videos. But I wasn't filming everyone. Mm-hmm. Like then people would be like, oh, I wonder if she'll film me. And then I was like, I don't want to feel this pressure. I filmed if I was very inspired in the moment, whether they were blowing my mind with yeah. talent or yeah. they'd made a sound they'd never made before. And I was yeah. like, oh, you know what I mean? That was so fulfilling. Though, So like my business was like tripling with inquiries that I had to do an onboarding process. So the, like so the, 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 but the spark of, of you, of you teaching, I mean, you know, you're in a musical, you've done these accidental videos, the, the thing that launched, did it kind of happen by mistake then, the teaching? Did you kind of start, just people come to you going, can you help me with this? Can you give, and then it blew up or did you, did you suddenly think, well, hang on a minute, I can, this is a good way of earning some money. Um, how did, how did that yeah. come about? So I would say Suddenly when I you're like, boom, everywhere. <laughs> like it, from well, nowhere. when I graduated, um, <clears throat> the teaching was like a side hustle. Like yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at it. It's a side hustle, completely side hustle. I was auditioning all the time. I was doing demos, recordings, but it was completely a side hustle. Then when I was on tour, I was being asked to do these masterclasses. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. I've been to all of these cities and then I'm going to this performing arts high school and doing guest classes, which I was Mm -hmm. like, this is so fun. They want to bring me in to learn. This is so fun. And when I was on stage, to be honest, doing like, again, I'm not playing Eponine or Fontaine. So like my creative fulfillment for playing bloody and crazy whore is like on the low creative level. I'm literally singing the harmonies and walking in place. Like I'm going through the motions. The level of creative fulfillment is almost zero, to be Mm, honest. Yeah. Um, So I remember being like doing a few, like, you know, I did my first solo concert in 2010 and I remember being like so creative Mm. with like, my team at the time, which is so changed because my network of people, like, team-wise, I have, like, my people now. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, my first solo concert was, like, directed by Titus Burgess, like, 2010. And then he's, like, you know, on Kimmy Schmidt. So, like, <laughs> that was, like, I felt really creative creating my own stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to saying lines given to me. Yeah, of course. So then from 2015 on, after Les Mis, I was teaching more. And I was auditioning, but like, I really was very, very, I'm not going to say crying in my room, broken down, but like in the worst mood after auditions, Mm. like self-sabotage, I feel horrible about this. Mm -hmm. And I would coach people on um, their songs and to not stare at one spot and the whole acting capacity, the the acting through song that I know how to do and then would go to an audition and be like, now I'm singing my 16 bars and I haven't moved eyes. I want to die. I just literally would just bomb everything. And so, you know, I was not getting called back. I had an agent not like getting me any auditions. Um, People were saying, you're so funny. You should do TV film. Cool. Do you want to get me an appointment? Uh, I guess I'll Mm -hmm. try again. So it sort of was like, "Uh," but the teaching thing was like, Okay, you know, it was middle of the road. So since 2015, I've done like a show a year and not being like cocky because I'm nowhere near offer only, but I've been literally fortunate to be offered the last five shows I've done. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday Night Fever at a, at a regional theater and then it was Ghost the Ghost, Musical and yeah. then Chess, chess mm-hmm. and then it was, um, I, oh, and then Emoji Land, this off-Broadway thing came out of nowhere, hadn't auditioned. And so I was grateful and they were coming around. But these were shows that I really had to think about if I wanted to do. To do, yeah. And I just was like, I kept having this thing of like, 
do I want to do this? And it keeps being like, want. And I'm like, no. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And some of it comes from confidence. So I'll get, yeah. I got the offer for Ghost the Musical. And my first thing was like, mm, I can think of four people who are better at this, like literally. And so I was like, decline. And then I was like, challenge. Eh. And so when I did <laughs> Ghost the Musical, I was making dirt, like literally nothing. I had to coach on the side. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm doing this for a credit. I'm doing this to feel good about myself as an actress when yeah. everyone's like, she can't act. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like feeling good about myself. <laughs> Some fulfillment. Um, and so, you know, that happened. And then, oh, wait, so the teaching thing. Mm. Like I hired a, a digital strategist that had to redo my whole website and brand three years ago. And my applications were like insane. And I hate rejecting people. Yeah. But I had, there's not enough hours in a day. No. So like my dream, I mean, like, and as you would know, I'm sure, do you teach also? A bit, but only- A bit. Only from- the you know from being in lockdown and and obviously yeah. I can't perform so I've gone online to do a bit of creative you know acting through song because yeah that's what I'm only speaking from experience you know what I can give you what I've experienced however you know I look at somebody like you and I I think wow I mean I I don't know how you do what you do you know it's just another level it's something I just don't understand and it's well I'm very grateful but the thing is like don't you notice with your students. You have, uh, so for example, if I'm doing an onboarding process of the application, a video, whatever, mm. and my team reviews it, um, I'm not saying I only teach amazing people. That is not the case. But let's say I accept an amazing singer, right? There is a sense of fit that if I, I kind of have like a, a, a clause in mind that I only do one-offs because an amazing singer does not equal amazing student. No. Does not yeah, equal listens. No. Doesn't sing over you. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, there are days as everyone will feel whenever I have a feeling, whenever I have a, I don't want to teach today. I'm not in the mood. My parents are in the medical field. So my dad goes to the pharmacy and then comes home. And I'm like, I am so spoiled. Like, I just, every time I'm like, I don't want to do like, yee, yee, like nobody's listening off. And then he's like counting pills. And I'm like, this is a reality check. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm fortunate to have this job. So there have been sessions that are 30 minutes and I am staring at the clock and I feel bad about myself. I'm an imposter. This is not the ideal client. Mm -hmm. And then I have people that I'm like, let me call you back in an hour so I can have another three-hour session with you for free because yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed with the way this is. This episode of Keep Calm and Carry On is sponsored by ACT London. ACT is the natural deodorant that really does work with gorgeous fragrances, stunning plastic-free packaging and unrivaled performance at its core. Their slogan is Born to Perform, not only because it works, but because the brand was created by two West End performers, Ed Curry and Andy Coxon. The guys simply couldn't find a deodorant that worked for eight shows a week under those hot lights in those same costumes. Ah, oh, I certainly know what that feels like. Act is now the winner of Harper's Bazaar's Best Deodorant Beauty Award and has been named the number one deodorant by Vogue, Esquire and Pop Sugar. I've been using it myself and honestly, I love it. If you like the sound of ACT, the boys have given me an exclusive code to share with you. Keep Calm 20 for 20% off at actlondon.com. That's A-K-T London.com. Thanks, boys. Did, did you ever get, did you ever get, did you ever get trained to train or did you, right, was there so just that... something in you that would just understand people and be able to make people click in a certain way? Because it's a real skill. 
to be able to connect with people and it's like any any form of teaching. I mean, we're homeschooling at the moment and trying to connect with your your kids and ter- teach them in the way that they want they understand and and the voice especially it's such a intricate thing that everyone learns differently not everyone feels it the same everyone's got a different voice mm-hmm. to understand how to communicate that to somebody i think is is incredible that i think Thank you. I guess that is a skill that, you know, it people, is a skill. <laughs> my brain works very fast, <laughs> too fast. Like it, and so my, you know, family friend who loves watching the videos, she goes, what is in your brain? Like what's, yeah, how yeah. did you even hear that? Like the fact that I can multitask <laughs> and answer at the same time, you know, mm. it just works fast. So I pick up on things. I think I'm pretty observant and I have been for a while. And I mean, I'm opinionated, but I also have friends that are much more opinionated. But like, <laughs> I think I my coaching is so like, um, it's not that's wrong. It's like, this is how it can be better. Yeah, try this. But also I feel like, and where I find imposter and where I need to remember is like, I do not have a musical theater pedagogy voice science degree, right? Mm-hmm. I have a musical theater degree. Okay. And I never learned how to teach. I did not learn the voice science. That being said, I am always consulting colleagues and taking courses because yes. I'm not, I don't want to go back to school right now. I'm like too busy and mm-hmm. you know, school really isn't for me. However, I'm still learning. And if I have questions, I'm like reverting to my colleagues. Mm-hmm. So somebody broke this down to me um, like a month ago that I need to remind myself is I said something, this girl had, um, she's like 25 and she has an undergrad in vo- classical voice and a grad degree in pedagogy. And I want to be like, why are you taking from me? What are you doing here? Like, I don't have anything to offer you is what yeah. I always say. Yeah. And she said something and she's like, I just feel like, oh, my larynx. And she's saying all these terms, right? And I go, bitch, your mouth is a bowl or something like that. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, I'm not being conceited when I say I know too much. And this is why I love working with you because you make it make sense to me. Mm. And I was like, thank you so much, you know? Yeah. yeah. So um, it was really like, just a reminder of like, gosh, I can offer something and I don't have to apologize for this is how I work. I am using visuals and language that I found mm. to be helpful. Yes, excuse me. Yes, of course. There's some science terms that come up, but I find that when people go, so what is my uh, diaphragmatic? And I'm like, literally, this is what I say. Just do what I say. Sing it. Like, stop. <laughs> you know? And in the end, it's just about making the sound. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it must be so interesting to come because, it, like I said, so many different voices and so many different styles. And have you ever have you ever come across anybody that exactly that you you think I just I can't do anything for you, and it just doesn't quite happen. Mm-hmm. And that's and that has to do uh, interestingly enough with like let's say I have a really talented singer. I, I reached a a little bit of a, a breaking point, not like breaking point, but I was working with a singer for a while, young singer great voice. Mm. And I could not bridge the gap. I have bridged the gap for a lot of women in this middle voice that I've like, Ugh. wow, I, I made you oh. understand it. You know, people are like, I've been trying <laughs> to get it. I'm booking in. I'm coming. But <laughs> ah! I've only understood it with you. And I'm like, oh my God, because that's a fit. What I said made sense. Maybe a different teacher wouldn't, but for somebody else. So I had this student and I, 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 I didn't know how to, it's always from me. I feel this pressure because you're like, this is the pressure I feel you're the only teacher for me. And so I hired a business coach like two years ago to help Mm. with mindset. And she's like, 
You're literally not. They're not respecting your boundaries. You said you're not the teacher for them and they're not. But because this, I'm this internet figure and not mm-hmm. a voice teacher, like the voice teacher market is, I'd like a voice lesson. Who should I use? No, I'd like a lesson with Natalie Weiss to sit on her couch. Like there is that mentality, yes. which makes me yeah. very nervous. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'm like, oh, I hope I perform. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so basically um, the fit. Oh, the girl. We were doing lessons for a long time and I kept repeating myself. I kept, and it's not that she wasn't listening. Mm. It's just that she was not developed yet. And I was like, so when should we book again? And I had a talk with her mom and I was like, hey, I'm just letting you know, like, I'm saying this because I love her. Yeah. I really want to refer a colleague to me because I'm at a little bit of a roadblock and I want her to get the best training. Mm. But I think that they took it offensively. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's more uncomfortable for me of like, I, well, first of all, I don't work with beginners unless like they have a really good natural ability. Yeah. But I do not feel fulfilled in teaching pitch. Some (laughs) teachers do, you know, I have some, I have some friends that literally told me if you have people that apply and they are just loving to sing and they have no sense of pitch, they're like, I love this as a challenge. And I said, that is so exciting for your studio. Yeah. That does not give Doesn't me excitement. Do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know? I love talking about the voice. It's exciting. It's it, it, it's it's so great. Do you, um, so when you do your gigs, like I've seen a few things at Birdland and when you do like your, yeah. your gigs and stuff. Yeah, like, all of that stuff. I mean, does that, do you then put into practice, do you just, get up on stage and then just go for it and it all just or do you think about how you technically sing when you're in performance mode yeah that's interesting actually I just filmed a video for the first time that I think is very exciting and nerdy that I might not be posting I might actually be saving it as bait for um, <laughs> bait what, I love because that. <laughs> because no it's true because um I have this riff course coming out in a month or two that I've been working on for um, six months to three years. I've been avoiding it for three years. I finally filmed it and it's being edited and it's it's going to be like very um, involved and it's a self-guided course so everyone can buy it. But mm-hmm. this marketing person that I hired is like, we need something called a lead magnet, which is like, download this video now, but you need to give your email address to get it. Mm-hmm. And so I want to save this really good content. And what it is, is me self-coaching of like, you think that I just wake up, I'm literally like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like what do I want, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, when I'm in performance of like an emotional song, mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about the acting. That being said, because the technique is ingrained, you know, the technique is ingrained, you shouldn't be thinking about how you sound, you should yeah. be acting the song. That being said, if I'm about to hit a high note, I'm thinking about squatting and getting, you know, yes. getting all, you know, if it's not about the acting, it's like, let's go, let's yeah, get the technique, yeah. you know? Because also, you know, you are you are now known for this, this voice, this incredibly uh, huge range, this voice that does amazing things. And then, do you feel the pressure as well when people come to see you? Of right, we we've come to we've come to see what you're teaching, what you're what you know what you've put in practice. Do you do you suddenly feel that? Because if I you know if I do a gig as such, I know people are coming to see me perform, but I don't have that pressure of 
we need to watch you technically, you know, execute. Yeah, we got to make. You, can you make me better? And I'm like, yeah. Do I don't you know. feel that when you perform? Do you feel that there's an expectation of you putting into practice what you're teaching, like practice what you kind of preach? Yeah. The, the, I mean, look, there's a perfectionist element for me since I, the, as long as I can remember, which is actually a super flaw because I waste hours of a day obsessing. But <laughs> I also have the mentality of like, it's a very weird day and age, but let's say I'm teaching a masterclass and then let's say I go like this. Okay, here we go. And then they go, ah, oh, and then they all moan, right? At the same time. And then I'm like, what? I was just literally helping her, right? And then, yeah. oh. So then they go, can you sing at the end? And I go, yeah, sure. Oh, this, is, this is what happens. I hate that. Ready? I hate this that. This what happens. Ready? A hundred people at the same time. <gasps> and I'm brutal. just used to it. You know, you know, that's why people in my cast used to freak out about bootlegs and emoji land. And mm. I'm like, bitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I'm just I'm go. so used to like you know in London we said turn off the cameras like no bootlegs and I, oh that my favorite venue that's been booked every other time but the first one is the other Palace Theater the St James oh it's great because in there. my first London show was 300 seats and they're this close to yeah, you. it's, it's and I sold out and I added a show and I'm like mm. I want to be there every time I mean I love the Leicester Square Theater I've gone there three times but this stadium in your face yeah it's just amazing like the tenth row you're like it's amazing. It's great, isn't it? Well, I mean, what do you have a real method of putting shows together? I mean, do you just sing what you want to sing or do you have Yeah, a- I mean, well, when's the last show I did? Uh, Joe's Pub. So um, I was really proud of this one. We tested it in London. I wrote it with, you know, myself and three of my buddies. And um, it was kind of, I mean, I posted some things, but it was kind of like, some people that saw it were like, this is a, this is a Netflix comedy special. And I'm like, oh my God, really? Like, <laughs> oh my God. Cause there's so much like weird banter and their stories linked. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a mix of what do I love to sing? I don't care. I don't care if this is, you know, whatever. But then there's like, you know, there's tie in with like, oh, we need an up-tempo. We got to mm, fit that yeah, one, you know? Yeah. Put, put, yeah. The, uh, we need an up-tempo <laughs> dilemma always. <laughs> what is that? Why do we never have enough up-tempo? Whenever somebody comes to me and they go, all right, here's my audition package and it's two up-tempos, I'm like, that's a first. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's tough that, isn't it? And the irony in a live show, you actually need quite a lot of it. Or else people are like, oh my God. As, however good you are, you know, you need that, you need that relief. Um, what being in the studio like recording music do you find that a very different thing to singing live to you know being free on a stage with a microphone to being I always find that really different suddenly singing in a studio and being on your headphones and being suddenly with in a very different sound and do you find that different um I don't actually I was thinking about it yesterday because I was doing a recording and I was doing the same weird stuff that I do. I was vocally producing myself. I was mm-hmm. like, no, I don't like it. Straight tone vibrato. Nope. And then in concert, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Mm. Yeah, it's good. It's, I think it's, it's, I guess when you're so used to hearing yourself and when you're so used to, um, you know, uh, hearing yourself back and commenting, I guess that's what it's, because people don't like hearing themselves in a weird way. Uh, even singers don't like hearing themselves and you're so used to hearing yourselves. I like, I don't mind. I'm not, I, I'm like, oh, I sound fierce. Like I'm okay being like, okay, I sound good there. Let me listen again. What I can't deal with is if I'm putting out 
of polished recording, I can't listen anymore. Like everything is off key to me. If I've listened to a mix and have to give notes, I, I can't listen. I have to like do a lap. It's like really painful. Yeah. So that's when it gets unbearable. I go, just do it for me. I can't listen. Yeah. But if it's like, Too close. all right, I got to edit. I'm editing my own singing all the time. Like, yeah. oh, that sounds good. That sounds bad. But if it's like on a loop, I, I can't. Yeah. It gets you just too close. It's too, it's too too, yeah, you can't too difficult. hear anything anymore. Too difficult. What's I, what's you know? What's the dream for you? Is it to, you know, just have your own school like you do? Is there is there something you haven't done that you want to do? Is there a scratch you haven't itched yet? Something yeah, that's interesting. I feel like like keep doing what I'm doing, dabbling in all these things. I mean, just because there's so many elements that I, that I forget about, like. Mm-hmm. I started getting brand deals on Instagram, which is just a separate thing that's just new because I love posting makeup videos. And I'm like, buy this product, but I'm not getting paid for it yet. Mm -hmm. So I hired a brand team and I finally got this mic (laughs) and a brand deal. Around. Right? Amazing. Um, And, you know, little things like that. So that's like, and social media is such a huge part of it. So like continue doing that. I think for me, like my friends and I were talking about this yesterday. I see like my pod, you know, once a week. And it never gets old. We have the best time. And we talk about like, how was your week? And I have other friends that I'm like, how was your year? You know, you have like the people you yeah. catch up with all the time. And yeah. they know every element. But he was working all day and I was, he's like, he had a deadline um, for these mixes to be sent out. And I said, why did you have us over? You literally should have sent us home and it has to be sent. He goes, no, this is essential to my mental health. So, you know, I look forward to, I'm not watching The Bachelor with anyone tonight. I'm watching it alone because I'm really busy, but I have people watching with me every week and I look forward to that break. So I think like continue doing what I'm doing, um, keep my community. I'm grateful for my community and like just produce content that I like to do and Mm -hmm. to have a studio of all students that I just love 24 seven. Like I just love, you know, and it's, it's like that. I'd say 75% of the time, you know? Wow. Wow. I think for me, it's really hard to like, I worry about what people think. And so uh, let's say another voice teacher would be like, um, we can't accommodate your request or they're not a good fit. And it's like, I have a feeling, you know, there was one video of me on TikTok that really bothered me. Like (laughs) you have to audition to be her student. And I wanted to be like, there's not enough time in a day to breathe. Like you have to understand that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I want to be of the best service and I want you to get the training from this person because they actually know more about beginner singing. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know. But that's smart as well. And that's you respecting the the people that are applying as well because that's... I don't want to take your money. That's it. It's the bigger picture, isn't it? It's it's the best for them at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you had a... um, like a lowest point throughout this journey that has kind of stood out for you and how, how have you dealt with it and come out of it? Um, I have a few, but I'm not going to mention what they were in particular, what shows. So one really big one that doesn't have to do with the show is that I was doing a solo concert two days, two nights. And I am, you know, very, um, deadpan and very like, what the fuck was that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just cracked. I just choked on my spit. Like I'm very transparent. Yeah. I mess up a riff. I'm like, well, that was clean. Like I <laughs> am very like 
you know, funny about the mess ups. Open, yeah. And like one of the shows I was doing, I guess I said like the drummer messed up and I like called him out, but like in a funny way. And then I like choked him out and spit, whatever. <laughs> the review, the review that came out of my show in this local theater was so mean that it wasn't Natalie can't act. Natalie wasn't good in this part. It was like abrasive personality overshadows talent. Mm-hmm. Like literally like really shockingly mean that I was sobbing and my friend goes Natalie why'd you google your why'd you google yourself I said I didn't they tweeted me the article oh the person who wrote it tweeted me the article of his slandering my show and I will never forget it and then the next day I had to perform and I was like that's why am I even doing this that's brutal that was one another one is um another one is like understudying a role and being misread for showing off and singing it (laughs) when I wasn't and I was just singing in a bathroom to sing yeah (laughs) like because I because I can sing it Mm -hmm. seemed like who the fuck is this bitch thinking she's the part and mm-hmm. I, that literally wasn't it at all. Yeah. I was like in the bathroom being like, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it just came across as like eager and like I was young and I gave a really bad impression and it was never I meant to, but it yeah. was like, uh, no, what? You know, just oh, coming across a certain way and, so and being viewed as this person that I'm not, you know? Yeah, yeah. Have you, um, have you ever lost your voice? Absolutely. I had two vocal injuries in 2020. Oh, no. I mean, I know you said when you were younger, like the, the nodules, yeah. but as a as a grown-up, have yeah, you... Yeah, as a grown-up. As a grown-up, I had bacterial laryngitis in 2013, and that was traumatic because I had to cancel my 54 Below show. Wow. So I actually had coughed myself into um, laryngitis. I couldn't answer the delivery door. I had no voice. Um, so I had to cancel my show. Then I was in Emoji Land. And I was like, something's wrong with my voice. People, when I finished my song, you know, people would be like, slay. And I'm like, not slay. Yeah. That C was really hard for me. Like, yeah, we had to lower yeah. the key. I was like, ha, ha, ha. And then I would like panic every day. I'm like, it's allergies. Oh, it's brutal. I got scoped. I got scoped. I did, I, I posted a video of my vocal injury, actually. And a lot of singers reached out to me being like, oh my God, thank you so much for being transparent. So I'm really glad I did it. So I got scoped the morning of my first preview and I was like sobbing, like I'll never sing again. And then I ended up having to go out of the show. There was no understudy. So the doctor was like, I don't care. So they had to bring in the girl who played my part like two years prior and she learned it in one day, like saving the show. (laughs) So I went back into the show and I felt like I was walking again, like a hello, you know. Then we're in quarantine. I feel great. I'm giving like four hour coachings. Everything's great. And then I was like, I know it happened again. I just know. And I don't know if it was from a sneeze or a cough or choking on food because it wasn't, people say like, it's not technique. It could be a sneeze. It could be whatever. For me, if I choke on food, it's like bad. Like I lose my voice. Mm. So again, I didn't get steroids. I went on vocal rest for four full days and it fully healed again. Now, in the last two days, I'm like, (laughs) I have two notes at once happening again. I hemorrhage. Like, I I just, you know, there's PTSD, you know? Yeah, it's it's so tough. And it's great that you talk about it because so many people don't. And I mean, I wrote a book over lockdown and and I don't, I haven't really talked about it much before and then, and talked about it in the book because I thought I need to, I need to explain to people that it's okay. We all go through these things and I need to kind of put it out there, but it's, it's tough, you know, the expectation on the voice and the stress and the pressure and 
everyone goes through it, but not a lot of people talk about it. Um, so I guess the other end of the spectrum, has there been a, a, a high point that's blown everything else out of the water or that's really memorable for you? I mean, you know, it's like the showman so must have been like. pretty cool. You know, that for me, that was not about solo career high, but the being in the room where it happened yeah. um, was definitely like, this is going to be huge. Like, I just knew, you know, everyone knew. And so that was exciting. Um, I guess, like, things that happened were, like, a woman wrote me. I mean, it happens a lot, so I have to remember not to be like, it happens a lot. Um, but <laughs> somebody wrote me, and they were like, hi, I live in a village in Africa, and there's, like, no outlet for singing in, like, I watch your videos and learn and it just inspires me every day. And I'm like, what? Yes. A village in Africa, you know? And then like somebody said, I just saw your solo concert and I have to tell you, when you sang Get Out and Stay Out, it made me leave my boyfriend. <laughs> you inspired me. You're an inspiring woman. I left my boyfriend. I said, no more. I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> you know? Those moments though, they, you know, they mean, they really mean something, yeah. don't they? Well, when- like one time somebody goes a couple years ago, my mom was going through cancer and your voice got us through it. And I was like, yeah, those are brutal. Crazy. Those are brutal. So I can't let Natalie leave without asking her my final question that I ask all my special guests. If you could look back on your 20 year old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Um, honestly, I feel like I always think that like in the worst moments, like I'll feel like this forever. And then I look back and I'm like, remember that time? So like, not it gets better, but like this too shall pass. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, Nessie, you're gorgeous. Thank you so much for coming on. And I, I've loved every second and I wish Thanks you all the best. Me. And I'm going to be applying. Oh my God. What? I'm going to be applying. I'm going to come and have a little sing with you. Yeah. I'd love to come and sing. It'd be great. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a joy to talk to you. All the best and happy lockdown. Stay safe. And hopefully I will sing with you soon. Yes. Thanks for having me. Well, that is it for another episode. Oh, how brilliant is Natalie Wise. I could talk to her all day about the ins and outs of singing. She was just a dream to chat to. So I hope you guys have a wonderful Easter. Eat lots of Easter eggs. Have the best time ever. A big thank you to my lovely producer, Martin, at peroxidemedia.com. You're joyous. And of course, our lovely sponsors, Act at London. Go check them out. And please do use the discount, especially for you. Don't tell anyone else. Um, And of course, to you, the listeners. Thank you for being here. Without you, I wouldn't be here. Um, If you were looking for something to do this weekend... I recorded a little show with my dear friend, Dr. Brian May, called Rise Up With Arts. And it's a variety show full of amazing faces. People like Duncan James, Anna Jane Casey, Brenda Edwards, uh, some Strictly stars, also people from all over the world. So there's some Broadway stars in there as well and some people from Australia. So it's not a show to miss and it's to raise money for the arts, Rise Up With Arts. So check it out this weekend. And also, I was on a charity single for the Mad Trust called I Dare You. Again, another thing to check out. It's great. And lastly, meow. Yes, I'm returning to Cats. The news is out there. The cat is out of the bag. I'm returning to a tour of Cats for a few weeks in the summer. So maybe you guys might be able to check it out. Um, But I'm sending you lots of love. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And I will see you next week with another fantastic guest. Bye-bye. Once again, a 
huge thank you to my sponsors, Act London. Thanks for coming on board, guys. It's really great to have you with us. It really does work, I promise you. I get up in the morning, I put it on, it smells gorgeous. I'm loving the orange scent at the moment, and it really does work. I'm running around, I'm exercising. My kids, you know, they really do wear me out, and this stuff really does work, I promise you. And don't forget to use my exclusive discount code for 20% off at the checkout. Keep calm 20 at actlondon.com. That's A-K-T-London.com. 